Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Professor and the Drunk. Today, I will be your professor. And I will be your drunk. So how have you been lately, drunk? Um, I've been fine. I got my COVID vaccine yesterday. Oh, really? Yeah, it was it was cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm scared of needles, so I freaked out for like a yeah, good five minutes while he looked at me, <laughs> just stared at me, freaking out. Yeah. Um, he knew my mom, too, so then he wanted to talk about how my mom already told him that I was going to freak out and... Um, in the middle of me freaking out, he just stabbed me with it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, the, that's the best way to get it done, though. Just get it done and over with. Like, bam. Yeah, I think he noticed I just wasn't going to stop freaking out. Yeah, exactly. So, appreciate uh, that. <laughs> I haven't got mine yet. I do need to set it up an appointment for it, but, yeah, I'm getting there. Hey, there's no excuse for anybody because it is free. That was the only reason why I said yes, because it didn't cost anything. I know there's no excuse. The only excuse I have is I'm bad at setting up things and keeping to a schedule. All you really have to do is go up there. I know. But, um, so you didn't bring any topics again. Well, put me on the spot like that. (laughs) (laughs) But... This time we're not doing Professor's Insanities. I do have some stuff I want us to talk about. So to kind of segue into it, we're not in a post, and you actually, you brought up vaccinations, which is really good. That doesn't help me. We're not in a post-COVID world, and we're not really in a post-pandemic world. We're just kind of in a world that's still dealing with the repercussions, yes? Are you trying to say we're dealing with the aftermath of 2020? Yes. Yeah, I know. So, in dealing with the aftermath of 2020, I want to talk about the job market. The beautiful job market. Beautiful is a word you can use. (laughs) It's not a word I would use, but it's a word you can use. It's it's been beautiful. So, I work at a restaurant. You've worked at several restaurants. Don't remind me. (laughs) Have you heard about What's happening with restaurants lately? What's happening? They can't get people to work anymore. <laughs> oh, ooh. I know, right? but not in the way like, oh, they'll hire people and they won't work. There's no one applying to restaurants anymore. That doesn't surprise me. And uh, I have this nifty little Twitter thread here. It's not an article. It's a Twitter thread. <laughs> but let me just pull it up. Do, do you want to offer your thoughts on maybe why you think why while I get this ready? Well, first of all... I- Nobody's going to restaurants like that. Right. It's not, I can't remember the last time I went to a restaurant and they sat there and said, yeah, it'll be like a 50 hour minute, oh, hour minute, well, hour wait. No one's really going there like that. Last time I checked, talking to like my server friends, the money's not as good. Right. Um, I mean, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. So the Twitter thread begins with restaurants across the United States are beginning to reopen and owners are seeing an almost unheard of labor shortage. And they go on to describe how it's affecting the industry and why some workers are using this opportunity to re-enter the industry on their own terms, as they describe it. They say as capacity restrictions lift, outdoor dining season starts and vaccination rates rise, restaurants are trying to hire like crazy, but owners are getting few to no applications. And those who do apply often have little to no industry experience. Which, first of all, this is the food industry. What kind of fucking experience do you need? You don't need any experience. Literally, your experience is, I've done the dishes at home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I know how to talk to people. What else do you want? Yeah, like, just <laughs> hire me, put me on the floor, my three-day training, call it a day. Right. Uh, but, yeah, no, and they go on, they're like, even with increased wages, perks like health insurance and pay time off, 
referral bonuses for staff who are currently there who bring in new talent. They're still coming up with no one applying. <laughs> are you in your eye? Come on. <laughs> I can't. I've worked at several different types of restaurants. And that whole, oh, referral bonus, paid time off. Bullshit. Yeah, they like they want you to work like seven years with them before they give you paid time off. <laughs> and uh, the Twitter thread, it doesn't touch on those, but it does touch on, um, and I, 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 I myself thought this, and I saw it in the thread as well. A lot of people have been like, well, isn't this really only a problem that like independent-owned res- restaurants are dealing with, like, you know, like mom and pa shops or like a locally-owned cafe or stuff like that? And like you know, you can you can kind of get that. You can kind of see where people would be coming from with that line of logic, yeah. I, I yeah, I would nah because I honestly I wouldn't mom and pop or whatever shop a little locally owned. Those are the last ones I would think would be affected. Really? Yeah, because they're so they're small. They don't you don't they don't need a lot in order to make them run. Rather than you got places like Applebee's, you got places like Olive Garden, O'Charlie's, Cracker Barrel. They need a lot. They, they need more servers. They need more workers. Those mom and pops, they need like two cooks and like a server and someone to work the cashier and you're like done. Fair enough. Good point. Good point. But um, they use Taco Bell as an example. Oh. Like Taco Bell in big cities, they've been talking. They've done this quite a few times actually and they're doing it more often now. They're doing, quote, massive hiring events which is they just open up their parking lot and people don't even have to get out of their cars. They'll bring you all the paperwork and everything. <laughs> <laughs> and yet even with that, they're still not getting anyone applying. That, that's, that's bottom of the barrel interview right there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, first of all, Taco Bell should be out of business. It should be. But that's beside the point. We'll get to that later. <laughs> no, and they, So they pose the question, why aren't workers returning? And they say, well, some people blame boosted unemployment benefits. But according to them, and I, can, I kind of agree, actually, the reasons are much more complex. Just, it's just that workers have moved away from the industry. People are going back to school, found jobs in other better-paying industries. There's the very real threat of getting sick just by being out. Yeah. <laughs> people are disgusting, especially when they have to dine in. Yeah. Man, people be like spitting in their napkins, spitting their food out, coughing right. in the open air. Like, for example, in a research study by the CDC, they found that indoor dining is directly linked to increased COVID infections and COVID-related deaths. Yeah. Like, and like, I know that sounds like a no-brainer, like, duh, but when you just to hear the words out loud, it just connects like, oh, shit, yeah. Yeah, dining would... in is the worst thing oh, no, possibly 100%. to open back up. But, uh... And the there continues on. Many workers have had a chance to reevaluate working in what can very much be a toxic, exploitative industry. Did they just figure out how toxic this industry was? They just figured that out? Yeah, right. <laughs> Sorry, my mental health did anything to go for something. <laughs> Sheesh. And uh, this is this this is a I wouldn't say like a bonus, but this is something that they did raise a very good point on. I actually do want to talk about it with you. Rather than just quoting off the thread entirely, this is an interesting point to me. The pandemic unemployment benefits have given workers the leverage to choose when, how, and even if they want to return to working in restaurants. Wow, they're that desperate. <laughs> like, it's more saying like with restaurants, like because with a with a paid unemployment and mm-hmm. like pandemic and benefits and everything. Like for servers, example. I would argue more likely than not, that's better than just going back to serving. Yeah, having 
controlling your own schedule. Yes. And with that, you can then go to like the place you used to work at and be like, what are you going to do to make it worth it for me? Why should I come back? Yeah, but it also gives people more leverage to say exactly this. What you going to do? Fire me? But that's the point, though. That's what I would argue. Like, And maybe we just have different mindsets on it, but I think it's been a very slippery slope for a very long time that workers have been losing rights and power in America. Mm-hmm. And we need to start doing something to drag that back. What do you mean? Like, after your example, like, people being like, oh, what are you going to do? Are you going to fire me? Like, for, like, unless you were, like, dependent on at your workplace. Like, let's say you do work as a server or a trainer in a restaurant or something like that. Unless you're 100% dependent on, you can't have that fallback. Because they can very easily just let you go and be like, yeah, we'll replace you just like that. Yeah. But I mean, you just got finished saying that it's hard for them to hire people. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. We needed that pushback to realize, like, we, well, yes, we work for them, but they need us more than we need them. Yeah. Okay. I, okay. I think I, okay, I think I get what you're trying to say. Like, I'm trying to, like, trying to think of a good example here is, like, for a very long time, and, like, let's use, keep using servers, for example. If a server was to get, like, as we said, it's an exploitative, toxic industry. Like, if you were to get sick, there was no way, there was, like, yeah, like, it would reflect badly on the business. But, like, if you're at an at-will employment state Mm -hmm. in America, you know, know, we all know what at-will is. It's, like, when you first get there, you sign a contract that says you or the company can terminate your employment without reason at any time. Mm -hmm. So let's say, for example, a server gets sick. Yes, it'll look bad on the company to do it, but they are fully within their rights to say, if you can't work this shift, you don't come back to a job. Yeah. Okay. That's very true. It's happened several times. Exactly. <laughs> From now, are you saying it's giving people leverage to say, like, okay, yeah, so, but you need me. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's like, you can't get more people to come in. You can't hire new people. You need me. What are you going to do to make this worthwhile for me? Uh, you better wait till I feel better. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, that yeah, I mean, finally. And I like, I know that not for a fact, but if I I know in my soul, I can feel it. The moment we get back to a sense of normalcy, and we're never going to get to a sense of normalcy. There's nothing going to be normal about the world that comes after this. Oh yeah. But the moment we get back to a sense, quote unquote, of normalcy, where like people are starting to get back to being doing everything how they used to. Restaurants are going to go exactly back to that. And when they start getting people incoming to them more, they're going to be like, yeah, we don't care. You can leave. Yeah, they're going to start firing people. That one dude you just never see at work, up only on like Saturdays and Fridays. <laughs> it's going to be slowly disappearing. Right. Like, but it's kind of, this is, it's actually kind of refreshing. It's actually finally because employers can be dicks. They can be. Oh my gosh, it can be jerks. And they're like, you'll sit there like, yeah, you know, I'm about to have my baby right now. I can't come in if you don't come in or you find a replacement. You're fired. Are you fucking serious? I'm about to have a fucking baby. Right. A human's about to come out of me. You telling me I need to go find a replacement? Talking, <laughs> talking from personal experience there. Exactly. It's just, I'm just saying, like, I've had I've had situations where like um got to a car wreck one time. I was fine, but I was like, you know, I just got to a car wreck. I don't think I'm gonna make it into work. Okay, you need to find a replacement. 
what? <laughs> You're just like, hold up, what? I need to find a replace. Didn't I just tell you I just had a car wreck right now? Like they have no sympathy for the craziest things that be happening in your life. They just keep saying, okay, find a replacement. Right. And I do, I would argue that, and I, this is going to sound really bad. I would argue that's actually a side effect of like, what businesses look for in management positions. Whatever. No, like, can you not argue that, like, when a business, like, businesses are made to make money. That's the first and the end. They Mm -hmm. are made to make money. So you get places like mega corporations like Taco Bell or Kellogg, which owns literally fucking everything, or Nestle, which owns literally fucking everything, Mm -hmm. or Disney, which owns literally fucking everything. Yeah. Would you not argue, like, I personally would argue, like, would they not be looking for that in management positions, looking for people who can very much look someone in the eye and have them tell them, oh, I'm having a child right now. I cannot come into work and have that person just cold hearted look them in the eye and be like, so who are you going to get to take your shift? Yeah, they, they look for dicks. Exactly. They look for people who, for lack of a better term, are sociopathic in some kind of way to say, I don't give a shit. What are you going to do for me? Ugh. <laughs> Which in LA, looping that back to what we were talking about, that's where the industries like this food service industry or restaurant industry or even entertainment industry can become extremely exploitative. Yeah. Because you have people like that in management who don't care that they're stepping on everyone else to get what they want. They just want to get more money or get themselves higher up in the company. And they will do everything they can to do that. Or somebody tell me it's a dog-eat-dog world out here. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the most dickish thing you could ever say. But, I mean, it's true, but you don't got to say it out loud. Working, like, you and I used to work at the same place for a little while. Did we not have, like, higher-ups or managers who would do that? Yeah, who didn't give a shit what you said. They'd be like, oh, yeah, my mom's dying. Okay, so who's filling in your shift tomorrow? The (laughs) what? Right, and, like, and it's weird to admit, but where we were working at the time, it very much was like if you had something like that happen, you called in. It just depended on who picked up the phone. Yeah. Like if like what if person A picked up the phone, they'd be like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Don't worry about it. We'll get your shift covered. Just do what you got to do." If person B picked up the phone, they'd be like, "And?" Nah, for real. Like, and then person C picked up the phone. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Come in next week for all I care. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shit. Everybody depended on that person. Like, you better come in. Like, oh, thank God. He said I can come in next week. You're off the whole week. Because he did not care. Yeah, exactly. But, no. You know, those people who are above us, yeah, they look for people. Okay, so get this, right? So you got the people who are, like, really, really up top. Like, they, like they're the they're head honcho. They're the nicest, most considerate people you ever meet. It's the people below them that are still, like, in charge are, like, the dicks. Because they're trying to get up to that position. Yeah. And they are, like, they've so been working. So what you do? Men. Turn from, go from a dick to the nicest person in the fucking world? No, they're not. But that's what I'm saying. They've worked long enough and they've gotten far enough acting like that that they don't realize it's not going to get them any further. It, they literally want to keep them right where they are. Yeah, exactly. Fucking Kenneth. Try to ignore the name this whole time. I'm not, no, I'm not trying to call anyone out is what I'm doing. Yeah, I am. That's why he's exactly where he is. I'm just saying, though. It's just like, 
It's just watch. It's almost sad. It really it's, is. It's very sad to watch. You just sit there like they, and oh my God, I remember that jerk done told everybody that they're going to go from Cracker Barrel to Applebee's. And over here, that's the sorriest thing you could ever do. Let's <laughs> go work at Applebee's. Oh, my God. And that was basically, he's just saying that you're going to be licking at the bottom of the barrel. That's basically what he was trying to say. <laughs> yeah. But little does he know, he's going to be right there until he, the next, he got like 20 years left. Probably not <laughs> even that. He's like 70 something. Oh, my God. He's probably got like a good 20 years left. But he don't know that he's going to be like right there the whole time. Yeah. I mean, I do agree with you, but uh, <laughs> moving away from that, I did have another thing I wanted to talk about that I thought was interesting, and from here, it's gonna we're going to split away into several topics, okay? Okay. But this one, okay, there's this article, and it is CBC, which is a California, I believe, news agency. Mm-hmm. Maybe. No, I have no idea. I don't know. But the article, the headline was, school custodian refuses to download phone app that monitors location, claims it got her fired. Right. You sent it to me and I read it. Okay. So what are your thoughts? Um, I Okay. I think it's a tad bit situation. Okay. Um, the only reason why I think that is that maybe because it's happened to me and I wasn't bothered by it. I was a little like, eh. but I was more of a, like, I've had a job that told me to download an app because like it was actually a custodian job at Amazon and they wanted you to download an app so they would know that you're working because they didn't have clock-ins. I didn't have scan clock, and so they couldn't figure it out. And I was fine with it, but I said I would be fine with it as long as, you know, I don't have nobody calling me up like, hey, where you at? And I'm really sitting on the toilet somewhere. I'm like, nah, I see that you're home. Like, as long as that's not happening, I felt like I was okay with it. Right. So with I've never worked at Amazon, so I wouldn't know. With the Amazon app, was it like a remote clock in, or was it literally just location tracking to see when you're there to so it wasn't Amazon that hired me. It was a different. It was a, a different company that worked a with contractual me. Contractual, yeah, yeah, a contract company. Um, but I forgot what app they had me download. It. I only worked there for like a week. Oh, okay. <laughs> but but um, yeah. So it I forgot what app it was. But they actually had us download the app. We had to share a location and everything. So they so you, they can because we also had to write in on these boards in the bathroom like yeah we clean this but anybody can forge your signature yeah i can get i can get what's the name to do it right now so it was more like to make sure like oh on tuesday april 3rd they were here they were there because their location says they were there right and that's what the app they wanted them to download at this school was it was um how do they put it geofencing yeah which you know is like saying in the app and the location services of the app you set up an area and say for the app to register when they are within this area at yeah. all times. Which, in theory, is good. But the woman, and the reason she was fired, she refused to download it. And she actually, in my opinion, raised some very good points on where is this information being stored? Who can see it? How secure is it? Because, like, you tell me it's only tracking my location when I'm within the geofence. How am I to know? 
Because like we know how iPhones are, we know how Androids are, we know how smartphones are. Yeah. How I'm how am I to know it's not always tracking my location and only just telling you that I'm at this place during XYZ. Yeah, but those questions okay, so as we get I just feel like, right, as we get you know, deeper into stuff and technology starts advancing more and more, it's going to be inevitable. We're going to end up doing stuff like that. And it's just asking those questions nowadays. It's like, what's the point? Because you have everything tracking you. You Something is always, what's the name of your location? How do you think that you sit there and talk about pizza and next you know you open up your phone, a pizza coupon pop up? Exactly. That's actually where I was going to take this. But since you want to go there, let me just say, but to end that line of thought, I do agree that a company asking you to download an app like that is okay. It is extremely situational, as you said, but I think it's only okay in the situation of they are providing the phone that you downloaded on. They should never ask you to download it on your personal phone and always have it active on your personal time. Always having active? No, I could care less if they tell me to do it. Honestly, I would rather them ask me to download it on my personal phone. Really? Really. I don't want to be char- I don't want to be in charge of their crap. I don't either, but it's like there's a very deep invasive top it's a very deep invasive thing for them to say do it on your personal phone because we have all kinds of horror stories nowadays of like workplaces where like you do like you do something outside of work. Like let's say you got a bit too riled up at a bar and got to a fight and you go into the work the next day and they say, "Well, we don't want you broadcasting that image with us. We are letting you go." And this is where I say, why are you getting it? No, I'm playing. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I just, did, when I because, was in this, I didn't have much of a problem. With no, it. and I, like, it's that, I think we just differ in that opinion. But, like, for me, it is def- I think that is a slippery slope. Because you do eventually hit the point of, like, if they are monitoring your location, what is to stop them from going, well, we saw you were at this place that is, like, our rival company. Mm-hmm. And we don't want you doing that. So do it again and you're going to be fired. Like, I realize there's a few things stopping it right now, but as time goes on, that can be eroded very quickly, and suddenly it's a, we don't want you to go to X, Y, or Z, or else you're losing your job. So as if they can control you on your whereabouts. Yes. That's what, the, that's, to me, that's what that location tracking is. It's just a slippery slope to that. Yeah. I mean, if they can make it, at one point, isn't that like a, isn't that like a harassment at one point, if they start it doing that, depends on how you look at it. At one point, that's almost harassment. That's like um, me working at Cracker Barrel and they telling me not to go to uh, IHOP. Right. I mean, I've I've worked okay. I've worked a job like McDonald's. I remember bringing Zaxby's into McDonald's. They wouldn't let me into the store because I had a bag of Zaxby's for for lunch break. <laughs> they did not let me go through that store. I had exactly. to get somebody to go through the drive-through window, grab my food. Run into the back just so I could walk through the door. Exactly. And that's what I mean. That's just such bullshit. I mean, yeah, it, is, it was bullshit, but I was just like, I'm still eating the food. Like, right. that's just how I was uh, on it. Okay, I got what you mean. But uh, looping back to what you said, like, in our world of technology, that's just something we're going to have to deal with. I get what you mean, and I say that a lot to people, but I would actually go the opposite end and say it's something we need to tackle right now and say we don't need to let it get to that point. Uh, yeah, but it, it, I think it's inevitable. It it's going to get to that point. It is inevitable, but I think we as a society can control just how far we let that go. Yeah. But my thing is on her part, come on, what, 
what is what they really gonna want out of you? You're a single mother. You're probably just going to work, going to pick up your child, yeah. doing this. What what are they trying to really get out of you? But let's move away from the work thing because I think we're done with that. I get I agree with you. What are they trying to get out of you? They're just trying to get more time out of you. But with like it becoming inevitable with technology, one could argue right now it's already there. Your phone is always tracking you. Something, your phone, smart home assistants, et cetera, are always listening. Yeah. Like people have done these experiments before and I've followed people. I've done it myself where like you go to someone's house. You're like, oh, do you have a smart home assistant? They're like, oh, yeah. You just say adult diapers, adult diapers, adult diapers, adult diapers, adult diapers. And suddenly they start getting ads for adult diapers. Yeah. Why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is, that's why I'm like, why is everybody? I mean, I get nobody wants it to happen, but why is everybody so like tripped up on it? It's because it's for me it's this idea of privacy okay yeah which is to say like um i'm i'm a i I consume a lot of media we've been over this before i'm really into fantasy i'm really into sci-fi one thing i've used to be into i'm not so much into anymore but i used to be into is this genre called cyberpunk do you know what cyberpunk is? Mm-mm. So I used to describe it as like post-apocalyptia. Nowadays, I would say it's where we are heading in the world. <laughs> <laughs> because cyberpunk is this idea of like, take capitalism and put it to the most logical extreme conclusion. Why? Do you know what that means? I mean, I know what capitalism is. Do you know what the most logical extreme conclusion would be in this case? What would it be? Like advertisements everywhere. Your own God. life, like your own life is basically not your own. You can go home and be like, God, I have a headache. And you were like, let's say you have a smart home assistant. It pops up. Like, would you like me to order ibuprofen for you right now? We do have that though. Yeah, but no, to the logical extreme of like, no matter what you do, it is always there. Oh, that's going to happen in like the next maybe 20 years. Like one of the thing, one of the staple, not even staples, one of the things cyberpunk always tends to look at is people, it's this thing called transhumanism. Mm-hmm. And using context clues, can you tell me what transhumanism means? Transition in humans. You're cl- <laughs> kind of close. <laughs> so it's this idea of the betterment of the human race via technology. Because we are at a point nowadays, even with technology, where we as a species don't have to evolve. Yeah. So the idea is like we, our bodies, for example, will eventually hit a point where we need to evolve, but we can't because we circumvent the problem. So let's say it's we need to evolve to deal with pollution better. (laughs) Rather than our bodies evolving, we just go, we're going to augment the human lungs. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, we do do that. Like, but so cyberpunk takes it to the logical conclusion, and like there are people who do these like what they call vanity augments, Mm. or not even vanity augments, just like augmenting to augment. Like people will get enhanced eyes Mm -hmm. that lets them see things, like you infrared or, for example, nowadays we have Google glasses, you know, which is like it has a HUD going around on your glasses that let you see and do social media stuff while you're walking with your glasses, yeah? Yeah, dangerous, but yeah. It is dangerous, yes. One of the things you see, we see a lot in cyberpunk is just that. 
like let's say there's a signpost, but a normal person doesn't see anything. Mm -hmm. A person wearing Google glasses or having augmented eyes would see a holographic advertisement right there. That's terrible. <laughs> I I would be so agitated. Or, for example, like we nowadays we people say we're glued to our phones. One of the ideas of like the cyberpunk genre is we would augment technology to our bodies in such a way that we would always be reachable. Like we would be able to interconnect mentally to a phone or have something in our head that is a phone. Yeah, I mean, I, I've heard about that one. Yeah. I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. It's like a slippery slope because it's extremely bad, in my opinion. But it's pretty cool. It's cool, but it's bad because what it like, think of what all that means. Like, right, going, you know, a few episodes ago, we talked about how easy it is to hack into a network just by going to an errant smart home device, right? Yeah. Think about how easy it could be to hack a person who had an errant augment on them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, fuck somebody up. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, y'all get inside of y'all. I wouldn't, I say it would be cool, but would I get it? No. Because, but, I mean, like, what about, let's say we were born in a different time and it comes to the point to where most people are given it at birth by their parents' choice. Wow, it's just like getting your ears pierced. You have no choice over that. Now I got holes in my ears. But with this would be like you have a phone or something reading your constant everything and letting them check in on you and et cetera. I don't know. I'm a little iffy about that one. I would I would say they would, of course they would need like an age limit on that. The same way you have an age limit on when you want to give your child a phone. Yes, definitely. But like that's what I'm saying. Like with how technology is, we are very quickly reaching that logical conclusion with technology and capitalism in that our lives are essentially will eventually not be our own. Like our lives will just be another commodity. Would you think Okay, I seen something on a movie, and I think this was going to happen in real life. I always thought this, right? Okay. It's going to split the society, right? For people who like, you know, who does that, and people yeah. who, like, try their best to stay away from that. Right. So you think it's going to be like a, like, not a Hunger Games type of thing, but like a... Maybe. I think it's going to be something like so, that. But, um... Like, what I mean, like, our lives being a commodity, for example, being, like, because like, right now we have targeted advertisement. As we said, you could say, like, adult diapers or something you just would never buy several times in a row. And suddenly, because you have something listening in or because you have something that is monitoring your activity, like a computer, it would be like, here's advertisements for adult diapers. Yeah. yeah. So what I mean by that, as our life being a commodity, being, like, because of how consumerism is, because of how capitalism is, you would hit the point to where no one cares about you. No one cares about who you are. All you are is another walking money symbol, and they're trying to get you to buy whatever they can. Yeah. I mean, that's what we are now. It's just going to get... What you're saying is, is this going to be worse, than, worse. That, than what it is right now? Yes, because right now you can kind of circumvent it. Like I would say smartphones are a necessary deal with the devil. Like You have to have a smartphone to, to work in the modern world, to exist in the modern world. Yeah, that's true. But you don't have to have smart homes or smart utilities or anything like that. Yeah, it's very um, convenient. It is extremely it convenient. Is. And I do agree. It is extremely convenient. I get why people use them. Do I have one? 
No. <laughs> I, whenever my family tried to gift me one, I actively refused it. Really? Really. I would get one. I thought you had one. <sighs> Not on me. My parents, oh, they okay. have like a... Oh, okay. I, like, okay, so my... No secret, my parents... My father is IT. He's very techie. Yeah, he's a technophile. Yeah, so I, I grew up around that stuff. They sit there and be like, Alexa, what's the weather outside today? Alexa, uh, what's the weather outside of Hong Kong? I don't know why we need to know that. But stuff yeah. like, Alexa, put on my grocery list, this, this, and that. I grew I grew up with that, staying there. I would like one because, you know, it's convenient. Sit there yeah. and be like, Alexa, turn my lights on. It's lazy nonetheless. Yes, but and I agree. It is convenient, but... As I said, like, actually, you're right. It is convenient. It is lazy. Let's continue with that line of logic and the back to the cyberpunk idea. One of the things you often see in cyberpunk is not smart home assistants, but smart homes. Oh, we all seen that movie, Josh. No, I'm not talking about a movie. I know, but I'm saying we all learned our lesson from that movie. I think that movie is what... You know what movie I'm talking about, I right? Don't. The one where... They won a contest or something to... I don't know what movie's called. They won a contest to live in this house, and they got a chance to own and live in the house. It was like a smart house, and then next you know, the the smart house fell in love with the dad. And Okay, but uh, that's talking about AI sentience. That's different. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's what we are talking about when we said no. smart home. I mean, smart home isn't like... Kind of like that, It's it's but it's not sentient. It does whatever you tell it to. But let's say it's owned... By Amazon. So basically, it's just gonna um, run our whole life. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Amazon's already running the li- our lives. Oh, uh, I know, but like, imagine how far that can go if you have like a smart home. You imagine? Then what's gonna? Okay, if Amazon, let's say, ran by Amazon, right, a smart home. What's gonna happen is in their warehouse, they're going to be able to see us and con- they're going to be able to basically know our whole lives inside of a warehouse mm-hmm. i can see you right now it's gonna be a worker in a room and it's gonna be like i don't know the johnson's house yep. 2.439 right. and they're gonna sit there and they're gonna like see every list that computer has ever made about the johnson's home they're gonna put in the computer that oh they ran out of eggs oh the yeah Johnson's, exactly duh. that's what i mean like suddenly you have an egg a uh, box of eggs at your door the next morning yeah like, like let's say johnson's like, home did it like let's say you muse to yourself like oh i need a new pair of shoes and you don't even have to like make the order you don't have to put in like credit card information whatever you just hear like your house be like Okay, and then within four hours, you have a pair of shoes that waiting. Yeah, for all of that for a fair price of five thousand dollars a month. Exactly, and like, let's take it down. A, like, this is a slippery slope of logic, but let's take it down to like where this could t- technically go. Let's say you want to like, let's say you you're rich or not rich, but you're like well off in life, and you have like a personal gym, like an indoor home gym, right? Mm-hmm. And you want to go use it, but you have a smart home. You got to open the door and it's locked. You're like, the fuck? Well, why can't I use my gym? What's going on? And you're trying to lock it, nothing happens. And your smart home pings in and is like, we have determined that you have been X, Y, and Z for too long. Can you please pay us amount for usage of your in-home gym? <laughs> I would be so mad <laughs> telling me because I'm broke. <laughs> you're going to stop me from exercising. <laughs> uh, like, obviously, that's like an extreme conclusion. But it's a possibility. Oh my God, if what's his name? Elon Musk. Yeah. 
if he was a good man and that ever happened, if he was really a good man, he would have it to the point where your smart home just stopped messing with you if you're broke. Like, if you didn't pay your monthly, your smart home would just never respond to you. Right. And you would be forced to live the poor, normal life of a human being. <laughs> Rather than it just locking doors on you like, I can't get through the fridge. I'm sorry, you didn't pay your monthly balance of... <laughs> so you can't eat. What the fuck? But like, and like, obviously, that's an extreme conclusion. But you can kind of see where like that would be a possibility, you know? That would fuck everyone over. And like, I know a lot of people are gonna say, "Oh, but government would get in, like, step in first. Would they? What? Oh, they wouldn't. <laughs> what? They can't even step in in what's happening right now. Come on, man. <laughs> oh, speaking of government, this is so off topic. But I seen this um, meme, right? And I was like, oh, yeah, I see this meme, and it was just like, so while everyone is stressing out about better health care and the higher minimum wage, right? Biden and um, Kamala are having photo shoots. So let's just talk about that. <laughs> and then like someone swiped through all the photo shoots and said, don't they look so good? Oh my God. <laughs> Literally, they're like pose. It's like, it's like somebody is like taking, it's like they have it planned out. Somebody is intentionally taking pictures of them. Just like they're all posing certain ways, doing little off guards. Thought that was so fucking funny. But that's just that's <laughs> the point. No, the government's not going to step in. For I don't that. think so. And even if I let's say they would, I think it's really only a matter of time. Like with capitalism and consumerism, until like the government's bought out as well. Which isn't to say they aren't right now. There's a reason lobbyists are a thing. I'm just saying like there's like another conclude like, a logical conclusion there where people can just buy out the government if they really wanted to. Yeah. Is we were all around money. Somebody's yeah. doing it right now. Exactly. But uh, another thing I want to talk about with the smart homes and everything is something I don't think you've necessarily had to deal with that I personally had to deal with in different ways, and I have quite a few friends who had to. Mm-hmm. But just how easy it is for smart homes and location tracking and everything like that, just how easy it is for that to enable abuse. What do you mean? Like, for example, we, you and I have a few friends who have families who do location services on each other. They always know where everyone is. Yeah. Yeah? And we have a good few examples where that's good. Like, they, everyone has a very trusting relationship. Everyone's very okay with other, each other. They're like, oh, I haven't seen them for a few hours. Where are they? What are they doing? Mm-hmm. That's fine. You know, they just check in occasionally. Yeah? Mm-hmm. That's good. You, would say, you could argue that's a good thing. Yeah? Yeah. Now, let's use another example. <laughs> Uh, let's say you have a family who are just always at each other's throats. Someone is always out to get someone. And you like you're out, you like all agree you're gonna go out and have dinner one night, and like halfway through dinner, their phone starts getting called and get in would not stop. You they hit hang up and it calls again, hang hang up, calls again, starts blowing up with texts, and you find out it's like their spouse or their mother or their father, and be like, where the fuck are you? What are you fucking are you doing? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Fuck did I share my location with you? But that's what I'm saying. Like, for example, in an abusive household, let's say it's like a young teen and uh, you know, some siblings and parents. Mm-hmm. And the teen has a phone, but it's on the parent's contract. Mm-hmm. They then decide what is on the phone default. Right. So they can put a location tracking on there and disable it so the teen can't do anything with it. Mm-hmm. So they always know where they're at. Mm-hmm. And always know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Are you saying, I mean, they do that today? 
What? They do that today. I know. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like location tracking services and smart homes, smart home assistants, et cetera, make a, it, it, it doesn't inherently enable, but it easily enables abuse. Yeah, it can. That's what I'm saying. It can. Yeah, especially if you um, have that abusive household as well. Exactly. It helps it promote it to for me to just pop up at the movies. Mm-hmm. Come back. Come out here. Da, 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 da. Get the fuck over here. Da, da, da. You know, um, yeah, like, I agree on that part. Yeah. It could. Or like ring doorbells. Like you go to leave to go like, go see a friend. You don't tell anyone because like, I just want to get out of the house for a little while. And the ring doorbell goes off. And immediately your phone's ringing like, where the fuck are you going? <laughs> it's called being stopped. <laughs> by your family members I mean I I mean I never had to deal with it thanks for that one but I've never had to deal with it but I've seen like friends who've dealt with it where I go out with them like they can't go out because like mom and dad are just like really straight and when they say straight like right they know exactly where you are they're waiting for you to come home they know exactly when you're getting into the house da 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 and it's almost like a spooky factor of like, hey, we can't do shit. Yeah. And I know like a lot of people argue, well, it's a good thing. They're just trying to check up on you. In theory, yeah. Coming from an abusive household myself, mm-hmm. no. <laughs> yeah, it's a control thing. It is a very much a control thing. Mm. Or like having friends who have family who did that and the family eased off on it, but their spouse didn't. Yeah. It's that that that's when it becomes really dangerous. When it's not just a family doing it, but a spouse doing it. In my opinion. Yeah, it's more of a. I think it's more like I wouldn't say it's more traumatizing. I would say it's more like a fucked up factor. It is definitely fucked up when a spouse does it. Because you enter in a relationship with that spouse yes. on like you know this golden like idea, and then it kind of breaks off into like complete horror. As yep. time goes by, so it's more fucked up in a way. Yeah. Because, like, use thinking of examples here. Like, let's say you turn off the location tracking service because you want to hang out with your friends. You don't want them dealing or bothering you, not dealing with you, bothering with you. Right, right. And then suddenly your phone's blowing up again. And, like, they go, like, okay, hold on. Let me just talk to them for a second and get them off my back. And they, um, they hit answer, and they don't hit speaker but everyone, like, let's say out at a restaurant, they mm. don't hit speaker, yet everyone at the table can still very clearly hear <laughs> what the person on the phone is saying because of how loudly they're screaming. I've, I've, I've been in a situation, like, it didn't happen to me, but I've been in a situation where that has happened, and it would be like a, it would be like a boyfriend. Never had a point where it was like a girlfriend and a boy, but it would be a boyfriend doing it to their girlfriend. I remember sitting, oh, I remember that day. I was sitting at a table, and I was just like, we're all laughing, talking, and the next you know, um, I on everybody who has an Apple iPhone, if you share locations with somebody, it will literally tell the person when they stop sharing a location with you. Yes. Big setup. Apple is not your friend. <laughs> it will literally say, like, this person stopped sharing location. She did it because she was, you know, I think she said she was agitated with him, like, and she didn't feel like it. She wasn't doing anything. She was just hanging out with us. And then next you know, she's on the phone. She's like, yeah, babe, what's up? He was loud, and we were all just like, oh, my gosh, does he realize how loud he is? And he was just saying all types of stuff. But this is how I know abuse comes in so many forms. It's not just yelling at somebody. He went from yelling at her to making her feel like the worst person in the world to, like, basically saying that she he was like like he went from ah 
Yeah, to, you don't love me no more. I can't believe you did this to me. And I said, no way he just did that. Right, and because, and like, you're right. Abuse isn't just yelling at someone, and that is abuse, but that there's a specific word for that, and it's called emotional manipulation. Yeah, that was, that manipulated, because at one point she was mad, the next point she looked, Guilty as hell. Exactly. And like we we spent there for like what felt like hours in the car telling her like that wasn't cool. He was she was like, no, because you know, he gets mad and then he was right. I should have never, you know, stopped sharing locations with him. And I was like, what what? <laughs> I kept saying what? I was just like, he literally went from cursing you out, sending you to hell, calling you every name in the book, to basically making you feel like that you were in the wrong. Because he is a little aggressive with the whole wanting to know where she is 24-7. I mean, there was times where I would hang out with her and she would pull, he would pull up. And his excuse was, I missed you. You know, I don't know oh, where shit. you are. Yeah, he's like, I like to know where you are. Da, da. And then she, at first she thought it was cute. And then as time went by, it just wasn't cute no more. No. And this, I didn't think it was cute no more. And I will admit, there are some people who do like that. And they're in doses, it can kind of be okay, but it, you know, in the end, it always is going to lead there. It always ends in that type of way. Somebody ever sits there and pulls up on you, and without your permission, it, you're you just welcomed in, into an end of terror. Remember when that happened when we were at Applebee's? From who? I can never mind. You don't remember? I don't. <laughs> I don't want to say anything because I don't want to compromise that person. I don't remember nothing. <laughs> if I was drunk today, then I really don't remember. <laughs> okay. It could have happened, and I could have been like, what the fuck? I don't remember that. But uh, one thing, okay, I think I think we, we hit the end of that well. I, I would say let's talk about abuse, but that's a very heavy topic, and I think that deserves a whole thing on its own. Hey, abuse, abuse, it's okay. No, it's not. It's not your fault. There you go. Hey, let me finish. Because there was such a long pause. Hey, it's called that. a dramatic pause. It's okay. That, that was not a dramatic let pause. Me, let me start it over, Josh. Professor. How about that? Oh, okay. Here we go. It's okay. It's not your fault. Thank you. What that originally sounded like, because you've done a much longer dramatic pause, was like, hey, you know, abuse. <laughs> abuse okay. is not okay. No, abuse it's not. is not okay. But I'm just it's not your fault. No, it's never your fault. Not okay. never your fault, but nine times out of ten, it's not your fault. When I say never your fault, and when I say nine times out of ten, never your fault, I would say it's that one out of ten times is like if you are abusive yourself and they start doing it back, maybe it is your fault, but it's still it's like... It's both of your faults. It's both of your faults. Like, no one should ever act like that towards any other person. Yeah, I mean, toxic relationships where both persons toxic to each other. I've I seen no those. About. <laughs> I've seen several of those. You're just like, y'all, just please, just leave. No, but there's some toxic relationships, like abusive relationships, where they're just meant for each other, and you just kind of have to roll with it, even right. though it's like pure abuse. You're just meant for each other. Like I've I've told a couple that y'all are just meant for each other. Y'all should just stay together, even though you guys are making each other lives a living hell. Right. But it's better than one of them making somebody else's life a living hell. Y'all might as well just do it to each other. Jesus Christ. I mean, that's just how I looked at one relationship. I was looking at each other like, if see, if you go to an innocent person and do exactly what you're doing to that person, you're going to look like the bad guy. So, But you both look like the bad guy. So y'all should just stay with each other. Right. So uh, one thing, I meant to bring this up earlier, but I didn't. 
when we were talking about like we're not we're not in a post COVID or post pandemic world, but we are in like a um, dealing with the aftermath of twenty twenty. And we were talking about like getting education, getting a better job, like being able to tell jobs we need to work better. We need to you need to work on our terms, not your terms, etc. Hmm. So I saw this tweet that was very interesting. Uh, I don't think I've ever told you, but the, we'll get, I'll get into the story with the tweet. The tweet was I sent it to a friend. I gotta find it. Hold on a sec. Fill the empty air for me while I find it. Not like that. <laughs> Anything but that. <laughs> Please, not like that. Uh, here it is. So they tweeted, they said, I want to be a barista again, but it doesn't pay enough money in the US. Being a first shift barista was the best job I've ever had. I got to wake up early, I got to see my regulars, I saw kids grow up, I saw the community change. It was fulfilling. And I wish I could li- do it for a living. I really honestly wish I could. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, oh, we're not going to get into it. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm just going to bring it up for a split second. Talking about, I would argue, like, what she's saying is she wants to do that, so she wants a living wage. A living minimum wage. Yeah, what everyone keeps asking for, but nobody really wants. Yeah, exactly. So... Uh, I just find that so like wholly interesting because I know there are a ton of people in like the restaurant business, like servers, mm-hmm. who the like right as you said right now the money isn't necessarily good and they could go do something else, but they can't they don't want to because it does mean giving up that sense of community, yeah. not being able to see your regulars anymore, not being able to see people like that anymore, not like giving up a sense of normalcy, giving up a sense of regular yeah. like regularity. Like, losing that connection to a community you would otherwise call your own. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Dude, the, uh, serving, there's people that really love their job. Yes. I mean, I love serving. However, it just was not paying enough. Exactly. And as, as I said, you and I used to work in the same place. I wasn't serving. I was in retail. And I'm still in retail right now. I love doing retail. Right. I love helping people shop. I love helping people. Mm-hmm. I love seeing the look on someone's face when we pick up something. I'm like, they they come up to me and they say, "I'm looking for a gift for someone. Can you help me?" I'm like, I pick up something. I guess about hey about this, and just the absolute glow on their face when they're like, "Yes, this is the perfect gift for them. Thank you so much." I I live for that. Right. I cannot do retail for a living because it does not pay me enough to be able to live. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, it, none, of, none of that, that's what sucks about it, is that they say, you know, you find something you love, it's like you're never working a day in your life, right? Exactly. Well, no, because if the money is not correct, then yeah, I am working. Yeah. It's just, that's why they want minimum wage up. But I hate that conversation because the same people who want it up complains about it going up. Yes. I mean, the what the people were stating, oh, now minimum, Biden wants minimum wage to go up. Now a burger at McDonald's is going to turn into six bucks. Well, I mean, if you're getting paid like 15 an hour as minimum wage, it, I promise you, you a burger isn't going to make you upset. Yeah, you won't notice the difference. But even then, like using that argument, we like, because you know the internet is international. Everyone can use the internet, so you hear a bunch of different arguments on it. People often point to like places like Norway or other Scandinavian countries where the minimum wage is that high as we want it here in America or even higher. And the prices have not changed. 
it's you would still be paying the exact same amount you would in America, but they still have a much higher minimum wage. I wish. That would be great. Nobody would be complaining. That's a lie. Um, It would be less complaining on that end. Yes, and I think a lot of people in America argue, and I think... I personally, with the when we talk about when we've talked about it in our friend group, I've noticed, and I think a lot of people do this as well. People think businesses operate on a little to no profit business model, mm-hmm. which is wrong. Yeah, it's very wrong. Businesses don't operate on a little to no profit; they operate on a maximized profit. So what you're seeing right now is like, whereas like you pay like $3 for a hamburger and they pay their workers $7, you have to realize adding all that up together with them using, they, and unless you go to like a very special restaurant, but like, for example, McDonald's, they don't use the best ingredients. No. They don't use the most fresh ingredients. No. They don't use the best anything. And mm-hmm. they still pay their workers, like, so let's say $10 an hour now for whatever. And then you pay $3 for the hamburger. How much of that do you think is actually profit? Um, I think, honestly, from knowing McDonald's, for how long they're doing it, I feel like they get came out 70% profit. Off that one hamburger? They have to. Exactly. And that's what I mean. People say like, oh, well, they have to hire so many people because it's such a multi-million chain. Do you know how much money a single restaurant makes in a day because of how many people go there? Yeah, they have to. I, I knew it was when I watched the McDonald's documentary movie. And they were talking about the instant uh, milkshake and how much that was costing and everything. Even though he kind of turned it down, I was still saying to myself, if they bring that to the table, that means right now, today, somebody proposed something even more like that and said, here, here's this whole box of frozen hamburgers. That whole box of frozen hamburgers probably cost like not even what the total of burgers that they're eating right now. Probably completely less. Exactly. And that's why I think where a lot of Americans get it wrong. They think restaurants like that are operating where like a mom and pa restaurant would operate. Right. Where like they don't have maximized profits. But you also have to realize because they're paying people a more arguable sum mm-hmm. and they're getting better, fresher ingredients. They're doing things like that. So yeah, they're not going to make anywhere near as much profit, but it's going to be a much more better experience for the customers and for the employees. Yeah, you're going to have people coming back more and more. I mean, think about the... Uh, yeah. Think about the uh, new sandwich McDonald's put out. I ain't uh, never seen so many people at McDonald's. Exactly. Even I've been to McDonald's more than I usually do in a year, <laughs> just before that damn sandwich. Right. Yeah, no, and I'm the same way. I will admit, I tend to try to not go to McDonald's for various health reasons and various like personal reasons. But even I will admit, I have gone just to try the fucking crispy chicken sandwich. Yeah, and it's good. It is good. But, um, and like, just like wrapping things up real quick, like that's what I mean. Like a lot of Americans operate, in my opinion, off the idea that like even big corporations like those are doing, working on the min, not min-max, but working on the like bare minimum profit, which they aren't. Mm-hmm. And the moment, the sooner you realize they're not, they're working on maximized profit. Yeah. Then you, would, you could argue that the prices of items or whatnot won't really go up that much. And if it does, then you need to throw a fucking hissy fit with them because then they're still just operating on maximized profit. Yeah. <laughs> and you have to like argue realize 
that if they do go up, just don't eat there because they're charging you more for maximized profit for the same shitty product. Yeah, you basically. They just changed up the technique just a little bit more rather than putting it in, let's say it was fried chicken, rather than putting it in milk wash and then batter, they just put it in batter than milk wash. Exactly. So. And like, that's, all, that's all it is. It's like we, we need to start operating off different ideas than we have because the world operates much more differently than we originally think. And I'll even, I'll even say I'm the same way. I have biases that I don't realize. But I try, if someone presents, presents me new information, I do try and take that in stride and work, be, work to be better. Yeah. Wait, hmm. I wonder if that's the same way as um, homes. As what? So, you know, like homes, depending on like the price of living, yeah. the cost of living, you know, they'll probably go up or go down. Yeah. Well, it's the same way. They build the same homes, right? Like, okay, so for example, I do Instacart and I see homes all the time, but there's this one, like there's these collected homes, like nice brick homes over here. And like, they say have signs like, oh, 200,000, you know, and then like down the street, it's like the same looking homes but in like a different county from like starting at like 300,000. Yeah. Um, this is gonna sound real bad, but this is a proven thing. The two main factors for that, as you said, is like location and community. Because it is unfortunately a proven fact in like minority heavy communities, the cost of homes will be much, much less. Yeah. Memorial Drive, crime rate, all yep. that other stuff. Yeah, fine. You can find some nice houses if the crime rate high enough. Yeah, exactly. Sheesh. And that's just how it is. Like, it's very much a racist thing, but that's just how the market operates right now. Oh, yeah, it makes sense. I'm not gonna lie. To you. I don't wanna live over there. <laughs> I like. I don't wanna live over there. This like, there's some places where I'd be like, yeah, there's a lot of us, but, but it. There's some place, okay, for like, okay, so New York, Chinatown, right? Yeah. I don't want to live over there. <laughs> <laughs> I look at the community, I'm like, this looks nice and cultured, but no. It has nothing to do with any race, it's just like, it looks very crowded. Yeah, but then as you said, it's cultured, and that's like, it is Chinatown, it is a much different culture than what you and I are used to. Right, I, I couldn't do it, but then, um, I don't know, and then I come over here, Living over here, everything's all spacious, and the cost of living is cheap. Cost of living over here is cheaper than it is in, like, say, Gwinnett. Right. No, I'm not disagreeing with you, but also, give it another year or two. Oh, yeah. Like, Look <laughs> that battery plant up the street. Oh, yeah. They just put their little logo on it. I said, oh, my God. Battery plant up the street, like, the four apartment buildings they're building down the road, all the other, like, warehouses and factories that are being put up. Yeah, so those are apartments. Are yeah. they low income or are they just regular? No, they're they're going to be worker and regular. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, God. Exactly. <laughs> just give it a couple of years. I need to get a contract in with her to say that this is going to stay the same price <laughs> even afterwards. Because right now, this townhome um, is like only a thousand. Right. Right. In Gwinnett, this would have been about $1,400. <laughs> so when we heard about it, we said, oh no, we came running like a thousand dollars. But just a while ago, our friend said that five years ago, this used to be $550. Yeah. The what? This place is barely worth a thousand. 
go $550. She brought that up literally half. That's crazy. It's just how the market goes. So we bounced around a lot today, but I think we got our like basic ideas across on everything. Yes, I very much did. have issues with privacy and technology. Even I, I'm a technophile myself, but I will very readily admit, like I saw this meme once. Um, there are people like who are technophiles who are like, I have like smart everything. My lights operate themselves. I can operate them remotely, et cetera, et cetera. And you have technophiles who are like. The most modern piece of technology I have is a printer I bought in 2008. I have a gun to where if it ever makes a wrong noise, I'll shoot it. Yeah. I'm very much that one. You are. And I'm more like, I think it's inevitable. No, it definitely is inevitable. But I think we as a society, while it is inevitable, need to work to say what we're okay with it doing. And then the other, what was the other stuff? Like the... Like we as a society, society also need to take back power as workers and say, we don't need you. You need us. Because I like we yes we live in a world of convenience. So if we want to stay convenient, yes we need them. But we don't need them. No, we don't. But as like you said, it gets back to quote unquote normal. Yeah, it's going to be the other way around. And then bosses will continue to be more dicks than they already are. Yeah, but you know. So that was a nice little podcast. I think we got some interesting topics going. Some things bouncing around out there in the ether. Please don't do that. <laughs> okay, my bad. All right. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed everything. And, yeah, just thank you. We'll see you next week. Anything you want to say, John? Candace Owens can kiss my ass. I'm kidding. I'm Goodbye. kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs>